The topic for the new guests is the Holy Mass and uh, the Holy Mass as a mystery that we celebrate and also the Holy Mass as uh, the life of a Christian Mass that becomes in our spiritual life the, the pattern of all devotion and uh, prayer. We started with the concept of sacrifice in order to understand the Holy Mass, especially the Mass in the Old Rite. Uh, we take the Mass in the Old Rite as the pattern of a celebration, uh, insofar as it is the constant development of the liturgy of the Church. So, uh, let us briefly ref ref uh, refresh the notion of sacrifice, especially for those who arrived today. Uh, sacrifice means uh, sacrum facere, to do something sacred. To do something sacred means to offer something exclusively to God and to detach it from profanity. The sacrifice is uh, setting something apart for God only, for His service, for His uh, majesty, to recognize His supreme majesty. In order uh, uh, to offer something, uh, in order to offer something to God properly, it is important to to uh, set something apart from profanity. But uh, it is necessary that the offering, the offering, the thing that is offered up to God, has to be transformed, to be changed yes otherwise otherwise it still remains something profane something belonging to this uh, this world it is important to uh, to change the reality into a spiritual one and this is the sacrifice which needs a consecration consecration has the same root of sacrifice to do to consecrate, to render something sacred. That is, to, uh, to offer something exclusively to God's honor and service. Consecration. So in the Mass, in order to have an idea of sacrifice, which is not only to offer something that we don't like, and we can't uh, do anything else than giving it up, as it usually happens to us to understand the notion of sacrifice. No, sacrifice is any action, any offering that uh, given up for God to him can be, becomes a, a sacred offering. Yes, anything. In order to have the idea of sacrifice, what a sacrifice is, we also said that uh, we have an image a figure of this sacrifice, especially in the Mass. The oblations, oblations are bread and wine given up, offered to God. Bread and wine, in order to become a sacrifice, they have to cease to be bread and wine and to become something new, to become the body and blood of Christ. This is the sacrifice. We are 
creatures made, created by God. We are humans, right? In order to become children of God, to become a new creation according to St. Paul's teaching, that is a man created by God's grace, recreated in grace as a spiritual creation, we need to become a sacrifice. We need to be consecrated, to be interiorly changed. Not, of course, that we cease to be humans. The nature is not destroyed, as we know by grace, but it is perfected. The grace is perfecting. But in order to become Christians, we have to become a sacrifice, to become spiritual, which means people led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit abiding in us. Yes? So we are no longer human, merely human creatures. We still, we, we remain humans, of course, but not only merely humans, intended on things of this world, but we become, by grace, by the action of the Holy Spirit, sanctified, consecrated, so we are transformed into a new creation. We become spiritual. That is, people loving God, people living for God. The grace is making this possible. And the grace is always the grace of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit working in us, making this transformation. We could say analogically with the Mass, it's the Holy Spirit making this transubstantiation. As the Holy Spirit makes the transubstantiation of two material elements, bread and wine, into the body and blood of Christ, so he makes this transubstantiation of human people into children of God. Recreated, free from sin, made by grace into children, adopted children of God. This is a sacrifice. So we said the sacrifice is uh, at the very beginning of our Christian life, there is a conversion, there is a sanctification, otherwise there is no Christian life at all. And the baptism which makes us holy in Christ, that sanctifies us, or in other words, that makes us into a sacrifice, we become ourselves. <clears throat> a sacrifice offered up to God. The baptism is the beginning. But the very, the very goal, actually, to, to reach is the Holy Eucharist. Because the baptism is shaped on another, more fundamental mystery, which is behind it, and it is the very goal to reach. And this is the Holy Eucharist, the very source of all grace, and the source of all sacraments is the Holy Eucharist. We received baptismal grace. Why? Because Jesus suffered, died for us in his sacrifice. So the grace of baptism comes from the sacrifice of Calvary. 
The grace of baptism comes from the cross, from the Mass. The Mass is the representation of that only sacrifice. So, the sacrifice of Christ is central. The grace is shaped on that sacrifice. We can say it is given by that sacrifice. We become Christians and we strive throughout our life always to become children according to this pattern of a sacrifice, which is the Holy Eucharist, which means the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Can you see the point? So, everything in our Christian life leads to the Holy Eucharist. Everything has to lead us to understand the centrality of the Holy Eucharist. The Holy Eucharist has to be the center of our life. The Holy Eucharist has sacrifice and as a sacrament. We have the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, the presence of Jesus in, his, uh, in the consecrated bread, because that bread is turned into the body, is sacrificed. Sacrifice means transformation. So, detaching something from being natural, an element, natural element, from weight, into a supernatural reality, the body of Christ. All right? So everything has to lead us to understand the centrality of the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist as sacrifice and sacrament, the Mass. The Holy Mass is the sacrifice that gives us the Holy Sacrament of the, of the Eucharist. The sacrifice, the transformation gives us the sacrament. And again, as the Holy Eucharist gives us the Mass, better, gives us the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, it gives us, with the Holy Eucharist, all other graces to be Christians. Baptism, confirmation, confession, anointing, priesthood, uh, marriage, all these sacraments are shaped by the Holy Eucharist. Because the Holy Eucharist is, uh, is Christ. His body, blood, soul and divinity. So we said yesterday, a Christian life, to be completely lived according to God's will, has to always be shaped right on the mystery of the Mass. We have to live the Mass in our life in order to be Christians. Yes? The best way to be Christians is to live the Mass we uh, take part in. And we said also what to take part means. Actively participating in the Mass. Active participation. It's not just to be able to do something or to understand the activity as doing, as uh, understanding as reacting, responding. This is also participating, but it is the, we can say, the superficial level. It is the outward aspect. But this kind of participation, without the soul, without the inward 
participation has no foundation. If we reduce the activity, the active participation in the Mass, just to be there physically and to listen to each single word and to be able to understand the language because it is your language and to be able to respond. Uh, if, you, if, you, if we understand participation just as something to know, to be able to immediately uh, respond, uh, actually we, we reduce participation to a pragmatic issue. And this is the problem in today's church. Everything has become pragmatic. Everything has to have a pragmatic meaning. If it is practical, it is good. So the truth has to be pragmatic. And uh, in the name of pragmatism, practice, pastorality, we can even change something which is not uh, in accordance with the mentality of today's people. This is the problem. We have lost the soul in our participation. And in my opinion, I said, we have lost the soul of participating in the Mass because we have lost the concept of sacrifice. We are scared nowadays by this sacrifice. And we like to get rid of it because if we want to be a little bit more theological, we say... Jesus won over death and sacrifice. Since he is risen, no point now to still hold to these old-fashioned concepts. Sacrifice, penance, passion, uh, confession, repentance. These are all uh, overcome by the resurrection of Christ. Christ is risen. Uh, now we have to turn the page and we are risen and we stand especially in the Mass we have always to stand not to kneel anymore the problem is that uh, we misunderstand the concept of sacrifice because it is within the same concept of sacrifice that passion death and resurrection are inscribed within the concept of sacrifice. The resurrection is not outside the sacrifice. Yeah? We see the resurrection as a way to get rid of sacrifice. Finally, Jesus is risen. We are happy. We are, we are now risen too. There is no resurrection without the passion and death. And the resurrection is the very climax, the, the completion of the sacrifice. Resurrection is the completion, not the cancellation of sacrifice. So if we want the resurrection, we have to keep also the passion and death. Otherwise, we don't have any resurrection. And in fact, we don't have any participation, active participation, if we do not come into this mentality to be a sacrifice. So, finally, to leave the Mass properly, we, it is needed to become ourselves a sacrifice. Offer your body as a living 
sacrifice, pleasing unto God. St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 12, verse 1. So when, we are, when are we able to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice? When St. Paul speaks about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, <coughs> pleasing unto God, what he does, what does he mean? What's the pattern of his reflection? Present your bodies. St. Paul has already said, that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But the body and the temple remind us of something prior, something which is the very, the very, the condition for our body to be the temple of God. What? The body of Christ. The body of Christ is the true temple. Destroy this temple and in three days I will build Again, I will build it again. Destroy this temple. And Jesus was making reference to the temple of his own body. So the true temple of God, where God abides, is no longer the temple of Jerusalem, destroyed. But it is the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ is the place where we can adore God in spirit and in truth. You remember also the discourse of Jesus to the Samaritan woman. Where should we go to adore God? Uh, to Jerusalem, on the Mount uh, Moriah, where the temple was, was built? Or should we go to Garizim in Samaria? No. We should adore God in spirit and in truth. And this new adoration is where Christ is, is in Christ, only in the Son. Because the true temple is the living body of Christ. Right? So when St. Paul says, offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, he means, become yourself the Holy Eucharist that you celebrate. Your body has to be Eucharistic. The body transformed by the Holy Spirit becomes another Holy Eucharist. This is the reason why St. Paul taught us this morning that uh, we have to live according to the Spirit. Otherwise, we are always trapped by the, this temptation to live egoistically according to the flesh. And the flesh lusts against the body, uh, against the soul, and vice versa. Yes? So, we are called to become a sacrifice that is to offer ourselves to up to God when? In the Holy Mass. The moment when we become a sacrifice is the Holy Mass. So, we participate actively, properly in the Mass when we stay there with our heart, our mind, with our soul joining Jesus and being transformed with him in the Holy Eucharist. So the best moment to offer up ourselves and with ourselves all, other, all our sacrifices, it is the moment of the Mass. 
The offertory is the preparation. The transubstantiation, the consecration, is the moment of the consummation of the sacrifice. We said also on the pattern. You see the pattern, the priest holding the pattern. On that pattern, you spiritually place yourself with the ministry of the priest. You are offered up, presented to God as a sacrifice. Your bodies are presented to him. And then, at the moment of the transubstantiation, you are transubstantiated to, into Jesus, the body and blood of the Lord, and become a living, holy Eucharist. This is Christian life. To be a living, holy Eucharist. That's why we have to give up all that is contrary to this dignity, sin. You see, uh, in order to become a holy Eucharist, we have to, to make a sacrifice. To renounce Satan, to renounce sin, to renounce all this uh, mentality an atheistic, pragmatic mentality telling us that first we have to think of our own self and then possibly if God is of any help to my needs today I can also sometimes think of God but first yourself we have to give up this mentality in order to become the Holy Eucharist and this is Christian life, to become the Holy Eucharist. This is a kind of compendium of what we have been saying. Now, I would like to, to tell you something special about a special person who can help us participate in the Mass. There is one special person who is the model of our participation in the Mass. Guess who is this special person? Our Lady, of course. Everybody's in agreement? Our Lady, yes. <laughs> our Lady is the model of our participation. But why? She was on the cross, Father. Our Lady is the model because she was in the first Mass offered. And the first Mass was when? On Calvary, at the foot of the cross. That is the first and the only Mass. Our Masses are representing that sacrifice of salvation. So if the Mass, already take this concept now, quickly, but it's a, we come back to it. If the Mass is uh, the representation of the cross, and at the cross, there is Jesus and Our Lady at the foot of the cross. The Holy Mass has to be the representation of that moment. So the Mass has to be also the representation of what Our Lady did for us. Yeah? Because her presence at the moment of the crucifixion and death was not irrelevant. Her presence was providential. She had to be there. Why? 
to contribute with Christ in the offering of that sacrifice, Christ, in order to prepare the way for the church. The church, after Pentecost, would have offered that same sacrifice, but sacramentally. The first priests were who? The apostles, ordained by Christ during the institution of the Holy Eucharist. Do this in memory of me. But they started to celebrate the Holy Mass after Pentecost, yes? And they began to celebrate, to represent sacramentally the mystery of Jesus' passion, death and resurrection, right? But if there was no human link between Jesus and the Church, no human uh, cooperation with Christ and in Christ, subordinate to him, how could the Church, after Pentecost, be able to celebrate, to offer the sacrifice of salvation? So Our Lady was there, was meant to be there by God's will in order to prepare the way for the Church to be able to offer the sacrifice. So her presence was not a devotional one. Our Lady's presence in the Mass is not just devotional. And you can consider this if you are devoted to Mary. If you are not too devoted, don't worry. No. Our Lady's presence was appointed by God. She was there in order to be a mother to us. <clears throat> so this is the point we have to reflect now upon. Uh, but this, this uh, will be explained longer, uh, ex more extensively in the second talk. But for now, let us focus on this fact. <clears throat> Our Lady's presence at the foot of the cross is providential. And something very uh, surprising is the fact that St. John was the only apostle present. While Peter, the foundation stone of the church, had gone away. Yes. He had even betrayed the Lord. He was afraid to be arrested and to be sentenced to death as Jesus. He escaped. But John is there. But surprisingly enough, John is not the active apostle offering Jesus as he has to do after Pentecost, offering the sacrifice of the Mass. He is there, but everything comes to... If, you, if we look at the, at the Gospel of St. John, chapter 19, Our Lady at the foot of the cross and the Testament of Christ. Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. If we look at the whole Gospel, chapter 19, we don't see actually John, who is an apostle, a priest, bishop, to be so active as 
Our Lady. The first role actually is Our Lady's. And the John is uh, in communion with Christ through Mary. He becomes a child of Mary, son of Mary, in order to be, to be a disciple of Christ. So everything comes to John through Mary, not directly to John. It could have uh, been uh, that Jesus uh, uh, could say, of course, to John, to make him immediately aware of, of <coughs> the supreme sacrifice and to, be, to, to ask him to be in the place of Mary and to be a model for all disciples, to be a priest model for the church. No? Why? Because there is only one priest. All apostles and all other priests are only uh, representing the only one priest. There is only one priest. Only Jesus was needed. But there is Jesus and there is Mary. In order to pass, so to speak, that mystery on to the church, Jesus is not directly uh, di uh, having uh, talking to John but he is directly talking to Mary right so all graces come to the church from Christ through Mary always through Mary <coughs> so what I mean is that her place, her staying, her stay at the foot of the cross is providential, is uh, wanted, planned and wanted by God's providence. Because Our Lady is the bond of union of the disciples of Christ with Christ. What is her role on, the, on Calvary at the foot of the cross? She becomes the mother of Saint John and she becomes in Saint John the mother of all disciples. John is uh, now the... Uh, John represents the, the priests but he also represents all disciples of the Lord. And Jesus is asking John through Mary to become a child of Mary, son of Mary in order to be a true disciple of the Lord. This means that uh, our devotion to Our Lady, especially in the Mass, to see her role, to have a communion with Christ, through her is, is necessary. There is no communion with Christ, but through Mary. So in the Mass, there is no communion with Christ if we do not see this, if we do not participate in the Mass in union with Mary, with Our Lady. It is again not about being too devoted or not too devoted. The fact that we choose Our Lady or not. It is about understanding the mystery, understanding the way Christ 
was acting from the cross in that moment, the moment of his supreme sacrifice. So Our Lady, Our Lady is a pattern uh, for each one of us to participate in the Mass and to be in communion with Christ, always through, through Mary. Finally, before we finish this uh, first talk, there is a moment in the canon of the Mass. The canon is the silent prayer that the priest uh, does, starting with the preface, which is sung, as we did this morning, and then he goes through uh, the, the several prayers up until the moment of consecration, and then the doxology, peripsum, et cumipso, et enipso, up until the moment of the Father. All this silent prayer is, very, is the core of our liturgical prayer. There is a moment after consecration when the priest, who is bowing low with his hands joined together and lays on the altar, he says, Supplices te rogamus. We most humbly beseech thee, Almighty God, to command that these gifts, that these things, gifts, be borne by the hands of thy holy angel to thine altar on high, in the sight of thy divine majesty, that so many of us as at his altar shall partake of and receive the most holy body and blood of thy Son may be filled with every heavenly blessing and grace. So now we pray that an angel, an angel of God, might carry that holy sacrifice before God's throne in heaven. In order to... Uh, in order to receive all blessings and graces from God as we become partakers of that holy sacrament, that uh, holy mystery, the body and blood of Christ. So in the Mass, the point is that in the Mass, beside the priest, the priest is the one uh, offering the sacrifice in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. It is Christ offering. But beside Christ in the liturgy, there is another figure, an angel, a celestial figure, who has the ministry to bring that offering and to carry it up before God's throne in heaven. So this means that, uh, and this canon is very old, it's an ancient uh, tradition, one of the first canons composed. So this means that Christ is offering, but even Christ is asking for a cooperation. In this case, a, an angel. So the mediation is not exclusively of Christ. It's Christ asking for another mediation, subordinate to his, but there is another mediation, right? The point is, as during the Mass, there is the cooperation of an angel 
to bring that offering up to heaven, so it so there is a mediation, there was a mediation, another figure cooperating with Christ during his earthly life. Who is this figure? Another angel on earth, bringing that sacrifice up with her maternal care, offering it up to God. This figure is Mary. So, as in the liturgy there is an angel, so in the life of Christ there was an angel helping Jesus to carry out his uh, ministry of salvation and to, uh, to bring that sacrifice, embracing it with her maternal love, because Our Lady cooperated with Christ in the offering of that sacrifice, embracing it and uh, spiritually bringing it up to God. Our Lady is this, uh, this uh, celestial figure in the life of Christ, bringing the sacrifice of Christ to God. Not because Christ is not able to offer it to God. Christ is God, of course. Not because Christ is not able to bring it up to God's throne. He is in heaven. But it is Christ uh, who disposed that a mediation must be needed within his mediation, under his mediation. But a mediation, another figure. So Our Lady's presence in the life of Christ is not something uh, of something uh, accidental or better to say of no value because Christ is the only one. No, it's, it's Christ who uh, demands another mediation. So the mediation of Christ is, uh, is uh, completed by the mediation of the priest but beside the priest who is in Christ, there is another mediation. This mediation was right during the, the making of that sacrifice, during the life of Christ. Who is the angel in the Mass? You remember the book of Malachi, chapter 3, I think. And uh, the book of Malachi already speaks about an angel who will come into the temple an angel who will come and uh, and this angel is the Lord of hosts is the Lord himself so the angel can be either Christ himself who comes into the temple to offer up a sacrifice because normally we have several places in the scripture where the angel is Yahweh himself for example, the angels speaking to Abraham. In the end, we know that it was God himself speaking to him. So the angel of Yahweh is a figure to manifest the presence of God himself. So this angel can also be Christ, but he can also be a messenger of Christ. A celestial spiritual messenger sent by Christ on his behalf, of course, and we know that the angels are many, and the angels normally are sent by Christ for a special mission. Uh, in this case, 
there are two options, two possibilities. The angel can be Christ, the angel can be another spirit as a, as a servant of Christ working for, for him. And we have, actually, I didn't say that, but uh, we have to, to become that angel in the liturgy, in the moment of the supplices, terogamos, the calling on of this angel is also the, the request of our own cooperation. We have to be that angel, bringing the sacrifice of Christ up to God's throne, offering it up to God, uh, because we have become ourselves a sacrifice in Christ. So you see, Our Lady's cooperation is necessary to our own cooperation, to teach us how to cooperate. So when you participate in the Mass, try to think of this angel coming, and you want to imitate him, bringing the, the, the sacrifice, not only mechanically, physically, because you can touch the holy sacrifice, but spiritually, of course, you can bring that sacrifice with in union with your own soul, with your own sacrifice, you can offer it up because you become one. Think with that sacrifice, offer it up to God. We are called to be messengers of Jesus' sacrifice. You see, you want to be messengers of this sacrifice? Holy <laughs> angels, holy angels that uh, offer this sacrifice up to God together with your own sacrifice. The offering cannot uh, rise up to God if it is not the offering of your own self. Your own self together with Jesus. One soul with Jesus. Because you have become spiritual. <laughs>